everybody, and welcome to Taiwan Talk, where we share the stories of people in Taiwan. I'm Trevor Tortomasi, and joining me in the studio today is the performer Ilmo, known in Chinese as Lao Mo. Ilmo is a hip hop artist here in Taiwan, but that's not all. He also makes full use of his PhD in English literature as a language professor. Ilmo, welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Hello, Trevor. Thank you for coming. I mean, first off, I think you can say it better than I can. Can you tell us a little bit about the things that you do? Well, um, currently, I am a assistant professor at Chile University of Technology.、Um, it's a university located in Banqiao. I teach in the Applied English Department,、uh, all kinds of courses to help students find careers. Okay, and you're also you're a performer, you're a hip hop artist,、um, and you've played a big part in Taiwan's sort of hip hop scene. So, how do you find that you balance this education side of you and this?、Uh, This music side of you. It's interesting because、um, these two different things,、uh, music and English, they kind of develop simultaneously for me. I first got into hip hop when when I was、uh, maybe thirteen, fourteen years old, and that's back in the days.、Uh, the Taiwanese students didn't have English courses until they were thirteen, so there wasn't too much information on what this is because the、uh, the Chinese or, or Taiwanese music scene isn't that big on hip hop back in the days. I'm curious. Curious what year this was that you that you're mentioning? Um, that was probably um ninety four. Yeah, ninety four, ninety five. I mean, you would hear either Chinese or English rap in the Taiwanese songs and whatnot, but it was scattered here and there, just little parts to you know work as a as a support of the song.、Uh, it wasn't until later on that the scene started to develop and. Blossom. Luckily, I had the privilege to、uh, to study abroad when I was in high school. I, I stayed in New York for two years. I was there、uh, during the golden age of hip hop, the '90s. So I got to witness the scene firsthand, and and then I returned back to Taiwan. And I realized, oh wow, we're we're really slow here. We haven't really catch up to to what's happening out there. Sometimes so, you 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 travel abroad to another place and you come back and you go like, hey guys, do you know what's happening out there? And they're、yeah. all like, what are you talking about?、They're、yeah, like, exactly. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. I think the internet plays a huge part of、uh, how how people start connecting because there could be like several person here in Taipei, several person there in Taichung who are interested in hip hop, and we got connected through this bulletin board. And later on,、I'm, I met my friends. Later on, we started a, a group called the Tripoets, and.、Um, Um, Is the tripod still around right now? Yeah, we put out the, the group album. It's a, one of the ro- most romantic comeback story ever, too, <laughs> because、uh, our last release was 13 years ago. I mean, 14. Whoa! Yeah, that was 2008. And so, I mean, you you seeing this scene evolve in in the U.S. in New York, and and seeing it evolve here and being a part of that. You're right. It's it's so much thanks to the internet that these things move around so fast. But after the internet, there's still sometimes that barrier of language. Language.、Right. Um, and even When all the the videos, the culture, the movies, the art that are online and available everywhere in the world, but in English, but it always feels like it doesn't also blossom in Taiwan in the same way until people start to translate things. Because like、uh, exactly,、uh, the word translate is is actually very accurate, but not necessarily just. 
translate, but also to reinvent or to to adjust with the Taiwan identity, right? Yeah. With the Taiwan identity, and also uh, with uh, how we uh, take on some ideas of of the hip hop culture and music, and then try to make it our own to reinvent it. Especially when the language is the art, like you have to rhyme in a in a new language. Maybe the rhyming is easier in Chinese, but but it there's there's so much rhythm difference too. It's essentially different, and and it's uh, it plays a huge part because uh, originally a lot of people don't think uh, Mandarin is suitable for for rapping because huh. we're limited to four different sounds. So once you try to twist the words or try to pronounce it different ways, it loses its original meaning. The, it's four different sounds, the four different tones. Right, exactly. So it's even more difficult to rap in Chinese than to rap in English. So um, it, it really took time for uh, for all the rappers and people who create songs to to develop our skills. And you can go back and listen to early two thousand Chinese rap songs, and you can obviously see development and improvement. How have you seen Taiwan's hip hop industry? Change, be it in the the writing sense or the performance sense, as English started to pick up a bigger part, but also Chinese found its identity in the lyrics. First, is uh, is the uh, the rapping skills, and usually when we value a rapper through the way he raps and the complexity of his rhyme schemes, and in the early days, we don't ask too much of that. It's more of a topic oriented, like criticizing the government, criticizing <laughs> this or that, criticizing dad, yeah, or, or school <laughs> yeah. stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So, so because school plays a huge part in the Taiwanese teenagers, and first of all, the criticizing. Style people got that from MC Hot Dog when he first came out because he came out with a gun blazing criticizing the the music industry, the school, and the government, and it was it was kind of a shock value that he had, and and people were like, oh, where did this guy come from? But then that's like a double edged sword because a lot of people they got the misconception that this is all hip hop is, but that's not it, right? Um, however, later on, um, one of my peers, Soft Lipper, yeah. who who had won um Golden Melody Award last uh-huh. year, um, as his first album came out, he started to generate this huge following of people that are more focused on the. Little things in life. I, I'm talking about like he he actually had this one song about taking a bath. Uh, <laughs> whether it's hot water, cold water, if you want to get comfortable, it's the cold. Uh, it's the hot water. You know, uh, in the summertime, you use the cold. That's that's part of the lyrics. It's it's so amazing. Well, like you said, uh, there when a, when a something maybe it's an industry or a, a new style of performance comes out first. There's like the shock value, and the shock value is such a huge part of the value that we have to remember as a society that when that shock value dies down, there has to be something left. Right, and right. Um, I've seen that you know in in music, right? Like the the, the bombastic, explosive <laughs> criticisms inside hip hop and, and and music as a whole. And then you have like Lu Guanzhong writes a song about breakfast or something like that. <laughs> and then you have something that after all this shock has died down, then I'm gonna write something nice. So so far after all this history, uh, what piece of work are you most proud of? Well, I would say the album. Because um, um, believe it or not, as I stated before, uh, I've been rapping for over twenty years. But this is uh, my first 
solo album. Uh, in the album, the song "Off the Wall" got Abao as a feature. Uh, I did English and Chinese, and Abao sang in Taiwan. So、mm. that's three different languages in one song. So、uh, I wanted the song to sound more universal than just you know me mumbling about something. And the name of the song was called "Off the Wall." So、uh, it's about there's always a place、uh, for you to fit in, and even though you feel kind of awkward and weird.、Mm. Sometimes you're talking directly to me because that's no, no. how I feel. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's how everybody feels. <laughs> yeah, I think、yeah. so. So that's the album I'm most proud of. Becoming. It's hard to write in another language. With writing English, I feel like there's more syncopation. I might be wrong. So, but like if you go into Shakespeare's sonnets, like the、right. iambic pentameter of something, and so English has this da 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 da, and there's kind of some syncopation sometimes. And and then with Chinese, it's more like the poetry has a different personality, and so sometimes there's more like purposeful syllables in Chinese that don't need that like alternation. I mean,、uh, because for each syllable in the Chinese language, there is a meaning. Mm-hmm. So it makes things much more complicated. You're able to extend or twist words and try to pronounce it in different way, high or low. In Chinese, you can't do that. It's kind of you're limited to this space, and you're only allowed to say things in a certain way, and that makes it even more challenging. But it's fun too. So I guess it's kind of harder to write like a rap god in Chinese. As a matter of fact, I don't. I'm not sure if you heard 88 bars. By Kuma Chen. I don't think I have. Well, that's the、uh, I think the song of the year from last year's Golden Melody Award. This guy called Shengzai. Uh, he is one of the most talented newcomer. I would say the second generation of rappers in Taiwan. And、um, in the song, he basically applied a lot of that technique in, in his song. And I think skill wise, he's one of the best. Yeah, writing something that you want to rap that fast, like you can't just take any. Line and rap that fast. You have to construct like the the words in a way that your mouth can say them fast. Like at least that's been my experience with it. Yeah, and it takes practice. That's like the first thing when when people listen to to rap, you can speed up and get people's attention, and that's the, the shock value that we're talking about. Yeah, but、uh, to have longevity, you can't just be rapping every single song and you're going. Nobody's listening to that. Yeah, so you can do partial. That and you can you know write songs that are meaningful or get creative with the topic of the songs or how you arrange them. There are numerous ways you could you know play around with to show your creativity. So you have a family living with you too. Are they? Do they end up being a part of your of your inspiration too? Yeah, of course. I mean,、uh, as a college professor or as a rapper who is、uh, somewhat known to to people, I have to thank my wife for helping me out because life with two daughters, oh yeah, <laughs> is hectic. And to be more organized and to make the machine work, you just need. That person and that person is my wife, and、um, I try to get my daughters involved whenever I have a performance in in Taipei. If their time is allowed, then I would bring them to show them that hey, that is not playing around. I'm I'm working. This is hard work. Yeah, it looks like <laughs>、yeah. I'm having fun here up on stage or, or whatever. But、yeah. well, also, I mean, they're the next generation. Like everything that you're making and that you've learned from from you growing with the industry and and having your own influences on on Taiwanese hip hop culture. Now you have a, a next generation. To kind of pass that on. To yes,、me. and as a matter of fact, there are several rappers just the same as me. They're their parents already,、mm-hmm. so you can slowly see the second generations of rappers growing up. 
some of them already in, in junior high school. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we have a lot to look forward to. Um, in the meantime, get your albums out quick before the, <laughs> the next generation gets more famous. Uh, well, okay, let's jump into your um, your career in uh, university education then, because you've obviously done so much translating both in your music career and your teaching career. Right. Um, do you also focus on this in your classes? When I teach the translation courses, I don't really put music into it, but more of a you know a culture thing. For example. We would try to grasp what a real daily conversation looks like in, in English. For the culture, there are huge differences as far as uh, American culture and, and Taiwanese culture. For example, um, in Taiwan, once we get to know the person, we try to start a conversation. And within seconds, we start asking about your monthly salary. Oh, really? Does that come up that fast? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, we do it in a way of caring and right, yeah. not not try to poke. <laughs> oh, or, hey, look, you got so yeah, fat yeah. since the last time. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there are certain codes within the culture that you have to grasp. Or as you learn the, the language, you have to learn how they use it. And that goes with the translation, too. So um, you can't just go word by word and try to make this verb and turn it into Chinese. It's not sim as simple as that. Because there are uh, several things that you can't just translate and, and put it in the sentence and, and expect it to make sense. Right, it, yeah. it doesn't work that way. So Something you just had, can't talk about the same way. So, I mean, uh, uh, I imagine you're a pretty cool teacher. What do you want students to learn from your class? And what's the hardest thing to teach? Put down their phones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the sad truth. But, I mean, nowadays, it's really a lot different from when I was a student. I mean, I, I sound old, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's a fact. And to, to get them to be interested in something is hard. There's one thing I always tell, tell my students that within the four years of your time in university, I would encourage you to find your interest. Because a lot of people, they don't have an interest. You know, a lot of times when you ask a Taiwanese student... Uh, what do you like to do? And they say sleep. That's really not an activity you like to do. That's rest. It's like, what do you like to do? What 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 is fun for you? And they're like, oh, play video games and surf the internet. And I was like, that's not a hobby. I feel like all those answers are are a different way of saying I like escaping. I like running away from something. Um, and the real question we need to ask our students is like, what do you like running toward? Because if you're sleeping, you're running away from the stress of being awake. But if you're and running usually when you something, when you ask that question, you get like a empty <laughs> answer and then like a silence. So you know, I would encourage them to you know go out and do whatever you feel like fun. And also, I would tell them uh, a lot of times your parents might scold you or, or or criticize you for you know not spending enough time studying. I mean, studying is important, but also you have to really explore and find what's good for you you like because it might develop into a career because that's something you're passionate about that's something you're interested in that's something you wouldn't get bored of doing and that's me too so yeah. i like making music i like learning english i like reading all this literature stories and it led me to where i am right now i mean not saying that i'm super successful or anything but i like my job and I like what I do. So, so you know, as long as you're passionate about something, you're able to go through those ups and downs and you make it through. You could be passionate about cooking, feeding your turtle, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it could be anything. And then suddenly you're like a marine biologist. Yeah, studying you, turtle. <laughs> it, you never know. I mean, like, you really have to explore, but don't just sit there and, you know, only play with your phone. It's not going to get you anywhere. And so for this next generation that we're teaching and that we're listening to, what kind of stories do you think we need to hear from 
Taiwan? I mean, um, for hip hop in Taiwan, I've spoken on this topic for numerous times. But I think the most valuable part of hip hop in Taiwan is that we're not censored. We're really free, and we're allowed to say whatever we want to say. And the reason why I brought this up is because the other side they're heavy on the censorship. So, Definitely. so that really makes a difference. We have such powerful tool, the freedom, and you know, I look forward to this new generation of、uh, not just rappers but writers, creators to try to make use of this. This is one of the most valuable. Part of Taiwan and what makes us special. Yeah, all right, absolutely.、Um, well, thank you so much for coming in, Ilmo. Yeah, thank you. And thanks to you, the listener. If you'd like to hear more from ICRT, you can listen to full-length episodes of Taiwan Talk wherever you normally find podcasts. And if you'd like to help out, you can tell a friend about us. Tell them, go do it. Anyway, that's it for this episode of Taiwan Talk. This has been Ilmo, and go listen to his music. Peace. <laughs> and until next time, I'm Trevor Tortomasi on ICRT FM 100. If you'd like to hear more from ICRT, you can check out our other podcasts. We've got Taiwan This Week, a roundup of the news in Taiwan every Friday, English in the News for useful English expressions explained in Chinese, and EZ News, spelled with the letters E and Z, for simplified daily news. For some lighter news in both English and Chinese, check out News Bites and News for Kids. And if you enjoy them, tell a friend. Thanks for listening.